Children's Homer, Part 1. Chapter 11 Achilles became the most renowned of all the heroes who strove against Troy in the years the fighting went on. Before the sight of him, clad in the flashing armor that was the gift of Zeus, and standing in the chariot drawn by the immortal horses, the Trojan ranks would break, and the Trojan men would flee back to the gate of their city. In many lesser cities and towns around Troy did the host with the help of Achilles take. Now because of two maidens, taken captive from some of these cities, a quarrel between Achilles and Agamemnon grew up. One of the maidens was called Chryseis, and the other Briseis. Chryseis was given to Agamemnon, and Briseis to Achilles. The father of Chryseis was a priest of Apollo, and when the maiden, his daughter, was not given back to him, he went and prayed the god to avenge him on the host. Apollo listened to his prayer, and straightway the god left his mountain peak with his bow of silver in his hands. He stood behind the ships and shot his arrows into the host. Terrible was the clanging of his silver bow. He smote the beasts of the camp first, the dogs and the mules and the horses. And then he smote the men. And those whom his arrows smote were stricken by the plague. The warriors began to die, and every day more perished by the plague than were killed by the spears and swords and arrows of the Trojans. Now a council was summoned, and the chiefs debated what was to be done to save the host. At the council there was a soothsayer named Calchas. He stood up and declared that he knew the cause of the plague and he knew, too, how the remainder of the host might be saved from it. It was because of the anger of Apollo, Calchas said, and that anger could only be averted by Agamemnon sending back to his father, the priest of Apollo, the maiden Chryseis. Then was Agamemnon wroth exceedingly. Thou seer of things evil, said he to Calchas, Never did thou see aught of good for me or mine. The maiden given to me, Chryseis, I greatly prize, yet rather than my folk should perish, I shall let her be taken from me. But this let you, all of the council, know. Some other prize must be given to me that the whole host may know that Agamemnon is not slighted. Then said Achilles, Agamemnon, of all kings, you are the most covetous, the best of us toil and battle that you may come and take what part of the spoil may please you. Be covetous no more. Let this maiden go back to her father, and afterwards we will give you some other prize. Said Agamemnon, the council here must bind itself to give me recompense. Still you speak of recompense, Agamemnon, answered Achilles. No one gains more than you gain. I had no quarrel with the men of Troy, and yet I have come here, and my hands bear the brunt of the war. 
You who are captains must give me a recompense, said Agamemnon, or else I shall go to the tent of Achilles and take away the maiden given to him, Briseis of the fair cheeks. I am wearied of making war for you, answered Achilles, though I am always in the strife, but little of the spoil comes to my tent. Now will I depart to my own land, to Phythia, for I am not minded to stay here and be dishonored by you, O king. Go, said Agamemnon, if your soul be set upon fleeing, go. But do not think that there are not captains and heroes here who can make war without you. Go and lord it among your myrmidons. Never shall we seek your aid. And that all may know I am greater than you, Achilles, I shall go to your tent and take away the maiden Briseis. When he heard Agamemnon's speech, the heart within Achilles' breast was divided, and he knew not whether he should remain still and silent in his anger, or thrust in counsel aside, go up to Agamemnon and slay him with the sword. His hand was upon the sword hilt when an immortal appeared to him, the goddess Athena. No one in the company but Achilles was aware of her presence. Draw not the sword upon Agamemnon, she said, for equally dear to the gods are you both. Then Achilles drew back and thrust his heavy sword into its sheath again. But although he held his hand, he did not refrain from angry and bitter words. He threw down on the ground the staff that had been put into his hands as a sign that he was to be listened to in the council. By the staff that no more shall bear leaf or blossom, he said, I swear that longing for Achilles' aid shall come upon the host of Agamemnon, but that no Achilles shall come to their help. I swear that I shall let Hector triumph over you. Then the council broke up, and Achilles, with Patroclus, his dear comrade, went back to their tent. A ship was launched, and the maiden Chryseis was put aboard, and Odysseus was placed in command. The ship set out for Chrysa. There on the beach, they found the priest of Apollo, and Odysseus placed his daughter in the old man's arms. They made sacrifice to Apollo, and thereafter the plague was averted from the host. But to Achilles' tent there came the messengers of the king, and they took Briseis of the fair cheeks and led her away. Achilles, in bitter anger, sat by the sea, hard in his resolve, not to help Agamemnon's men, no matter what defeat great Hector inflicted upon them. Chapter 12 Such was the quarrel, dear son, between Agamemnon, king of men, and great Achilles. And because of that quarrel, many brave men and great captains, whom I remember, went down to their deaths. But Agamemnon before long relented, and he sent three envoys to make friendship between himself and Achilles. The envoys were Odysseus and Aias and the old man Phoenix, who had been a foster father to Achilles. 
Now when these three went into his hut, they found Achilles sitting with a lyre in his hands, singing the music he made. His song was of what Thetis, his goddess mother, had told him concerning his own fate. How, if he remained in the war against Troy, he should win for himself imperishable renown, but would lose his life. And how, if he left the war, his years in his own land should be long, although no great renown would be his. Patroclus, his dear friend, listened to what Achilles sang. And Achilles sang of what royal state would be his if he gave up the war against the Trojans and went back to his father's halls. Old Peleus would welcome him, and he would seek a bride for him among the loveliest of the Greek maidens. In three days, he sang, can Poseidon, god of the sea, bring me to my own land and to my father's royal castle. Well dost thou sing, Achilles, said Odysseus to him. And pleasant would it be to hear thy song if our hearts were not filled up with great griefs. But have not nine years passed away since we came here to make war on Troy? And now are not our ship's timbers rotted and their tacklings loosed? And do not many of our warriors think in their hearts how their wives and children have long been waiting for their return? And still the walls of Troy rise up before us, and as unconquerable as ever. No wonder our hearts are filled up with griefs. And now Achilles, the greatest of our heroes, and the Myrmidons, the best of our warriors, have left us and gone out of the fight. Even today did great Hector turn back our battalions that were led by Agamemnon and Aias and Diomedes, driving us to the wall that we have built around our ships. Behind that wall we halted and called one to the other to find out who had escaped and who had fallen in the onslaught Hector made. Only when he had driven us behind our wall did Hector turn back his chariot and draw off his men. But Hector has not gone through the gates of the city. Look now, Achilles. His chariots remain on the plain. Lo now, his watch fires, a thousand fires thou canst see. And beside each sits fifty warriors with their horses loose beside their chariots, champing barley. Eagerly they wait for the light of the dawn when they will come against us again hoping this time to overthrow the wall we have built, and come to our ships and burn them with fire, and so destroy all hope of our return. We are all stricken with grief and fear. Even Agamemnon weeps. We have seen him standing before us like unto a dark fountain breaking from some beetling cliff. How else could he but weep tears? Tomorrow, it may be, he shall have to bid the host draw the ships to the water and depart from the coast of Troy. And will his name forever be dishonored because of defeat and the loss of so many warriors? Deemest thou I grieve for Agamemnon's grief, Odysseus? said Achilles. But although thou dost speak of Agamemnon, thou art welcome, thou and thy companions. Even in my wrath, you three are dear to me. He brought them within the hut and bade a feast be prepared for them. To Odysseus, Aias, and Phoenix, wine cups were handed. And when they had feasted and drunk wine, Odysseus turned to where Achilles sat on his bench in the light of the fire and said, No, Achilles, 
that we three are here as envoys from King Agamemnon. He would make a friendship with thee again. He has injured, and he has offended thee. But all that a man can do, he will do, to make amends. The maid Briseis he will let go back. Many gifts will he give thee to Achilles. He will give thee seven tripods and twenty cauldrons and ten talents of gold. Yes, and besides twelve royal horses, each one of which has triumphed in some race. He who possesses these horses will never lack for wealth as long as prizes are to be won by swiftness. And hearken to what more Agamemnon bade us say to thee. If we win Troy, he will let thee load your ship with spoil of the city, with gold and bronze and precious stuffs. And thereafter, if we win to our homes, he will treat thee as his own royal son and will give thee seven cities to rule over. And if thou wilt, wed there are three daughters in his hall, three of the fairest maidens of the Greeks, and the one thou wilt choose he will give thee for thy wife, Chrysothemis, or Laodice, or Iphianasa. So Odysseus spoke, and then Aias said, Think, Achilles, and abandon now thy wrath. If Agamemnon be hateful to thee, and if thou despiseth his gifts, think upon thy friends and thy companions, and have pity on them. Even for our sakes, Achilles, arise now and go into battle, and stay the onslaught of the terrible Hector. Achilles did not answer. His lion's eyes were fixed upon those who had spoken, and his look did not change at all, for all that was said. Then the old man Phoenix, who had nurtured him, went over to him. He could not speak, for tears had burst from him. But at last, holding Achilles' hand, he said, In thy father's house did I not rear thee to greatness? Even thee, most noble Achilles, with me and with none other wouldst thou go into the feast hall, and as a child thou wouldst stay at my knee, and eat the morsel I gave, and drink from the cup that I put to thy lips. I reared thee, and I suffered and toiled much, that thou mightst have strength and skill and quickness. Be thou merciful in thy heart, Achilles, be not wrathful any more. Cast aside thine anger now, and save the host. Come now. The gifts Agamemnon would give thee are very great, and no king or prince would despise them. But if without gifts thou wouldst enter the battle, then above all heroes the host would honor thee. Achilles answered Phoenix gently, and said, The honor the host would bestow upon me I have no need of. For I am honored in the judgment of Zeus, the greatest of the gods. And while breath remains with me, that honor cannot pass away. But do thou, Phoenix, stay with me, and many things I shall bestow upon thee, even the half of my kingdom. But urge me not to help Agamemnon, for if thou dost, I shall look upon thee as a friend to Agamemnon. And I shall hate thee, my foster father, as I hate him. 
Then to Odysseus Achilles spoke and said, Son of Laertes, wisest of men, hearken now to what I shall say to thee. Here I should have stayed and won that imperishable renown that my goddess mother told me of, even at the cost of my young life, if Agamemnon had not aroused the wrath that now possesses me. Know that my soul is implacable toward him. How often did I watch out sleepless nights? How often did I spend my days in bloody battle for the sake of Agamemnon's and his brother's cause? Why are we here if not because of lovely Helen? And yet one whom I cherished as Menelaus cherished Helen has been taken from me by order of this king. He would let her go her way now. But no, I do not desire to see Briseis ever again. For everything that comes from Agamemnon's hand is hateful to me. Hateful are all the gifts he would bestow upon me. And him and his treasures I hold at a straw's worth. I have chosen. Tomorrow I shall have my Myrmidons draw my ships out to the sea, and I shall depart from Troy for my own land. Said Aias, have the gods Achilles put your, into your breast a spirit implacable and proud above all men's spirits? Yes, Aias, said Achilles, my spirit cannot contain my wrath. Agamemnon has treated me not as a leader of armies who won many battles for him, but as a vile sojourner in his camp. Go now and declare my will to him. Never again shall I take thought of his war. So he spoke, and each man took up a two-handled cup and poured out wine as an offering to the gods. Then Odysseus and Aias, in sadness, left the hut. But Phoenix remained, and for him Patroclus, the dear friend of Achilles, spread a couch of fleeces and rugs. Odysseus and Aias went along the shore of the sea and by the line of the ships, and they came to where Agamemnon was with the greatest of the warriors of the host. Odysseus told them that by no means would Achilles join in the battle, and they were all made silent with grief. Then Diomedes, the great horseman, rose up and said, Let Achilles stay or go. Fight or not fight, as it pleases him. But it is for us who have made a vow to take Prime City to fight on. Let us take food and rest now, and tomorrow let us go against Hector's host. And you, Agamemnon, take the foremost place in the battle. So Diomedes spoke, and the warriors applauded what he said, and they all poured out libations of wine to the gods, and thereafter they went to their huts and slept. But for Agamemnon the king there was no sleep that night. Before his eyes was the blaze of Hector's thousand watchfires, and in his ears were the sound of pipes and flutes that made war music for the Trojan host encamped upon the plain.